Hello and welcome to Voice of Restoration, a broadcast outreach of the Christian Brethren Church, bringing you Bible-based teachings from author and Bible teacher, Pastor Afolabi Oladeli. Yeah, thank you. Is anyone thirsty? Come and drink even if you have no money. Come take your choice of wine or milk. It's all free. Yes? Next verse. Why spend your money on food that does not give you strength? Just hold that scripture there. Another enigmatic statement from God. I buy beans. You know they buy beans. You know they chop beans. I chop beans now. You go market, go slap my market woman, give you beans. You buy it with money. Yeah, this scripture is telling me <laughs> what I'm buying. In the dimension in which he's talking about, doesn't give you strength. Link that with what Job understood. That my life is not really flesh and the bones. Rice and beans feed my flesh and my bones, but they don't feed the life that God speaks about. They don't feed the life that God speaks about. Why spend you your money on food that does not give you strength? It's the same thing that Jesus was expressing in John chapter 4. When the disciples came and said, Oh, has somebody given him food to eat? said, no, you know not what food. I am praying the Spirit of the Lord will help you to see that there is something greater than what you are tied to, what you are laboring for, what you are blending with this world over. And if we can step into that dimension and live in that dimension, we can be counted with him. Why spend your money on food that does not give you strength? Why pay for food that does you no good? I used to wonder at these scriptures. Eh? Until now, read every today. They say, if you eat uh, carotene, it will help your eyes. Then a researcher will come and come with another story. Carotene, have you, have you seen that? Everything now, I, I, I just oh, if you eat uh, when we were growing up, yellow of the egg, it helps you to grow. It does this for body. Now they say don't eat yellow of the egg again because you eat white of the. I said nguanu, isigini. What's the problem? What's the problem? We can't eat this. We can't eat that. We can't eat that. That it may be proved what he has spoken. Why pay for food that does you no good? Oh, it's white meat you must eat. Don't eat red meat. Oh, don't even eat meat at all. Because God, when he created the earth, is vegetable he gave man to eat. You have never heard that before. That it may be proven to you that there is a different life whose food is not rice and dodo. It's not seven souls. 
Those are foolishness of the hearts of men. Why spend your money on food that doesn't give you strength? Why pay for food that doesn't that does you no good? Listen to me and eat that which is good. You will enjoy the finest food. What is the finest food? The spirit of Christ in the heart of man is something that is greater than all the food your money can buy. Verse 3, please. It says, come to me with your ears wide open. Listen and you will find life. I will make an everlasting covenant with you. I will give you an unfailing love that I promised to David. And we spoke about extolling his love more than our necessary wine and food. Jesus was making us to understand in that scripture in John 4, 34 through 35 that the sustenance of the real dimensional life of the believer doesn't come from the physical food. Amen? Amen. Rather, we draw strength. Let's read that scripture. John said, 4, 34. My meat, yes. Jesus said unto them, yes. My meat is to do the will of him that sent me. I draw strength. The food that nourishes the dimensional life of God in me is doing what? To do the will of doing him that what? Me. Doing the will of him that sent me. Obedience to the word of God that is able to keep me. That is what sustains the real life that is in me. And the real life that Christ has given to us. And I wonder, every day, every moment, every decision, every step, I'm counting on the presence of the Spirit of Christ in me to speak to me, to guide me. Does he live in you in the manner in which every conversation that you make is in charge of it? We need to tell ourselves home truth, though. All this Jaga Jaga Christianity, like Dele calls it, you better put it away. Put it away. Know the real priorities that come for you. The sustenance of the real dimensional life of the believer doesn't come from the physical food, rather, we draw strength from obedience. What makes a believer consistently committed person? is that he gets his joy in doing what he knows pleases his father. I go back to the question that I raised when we looked at the life of Job. Why are you obedient to God? Please go and ask yourself that question. Why am I obedient to you, Lord? Why am I obedient to you? For some of us, it is because we are looking for a good job. Or being with Christ is a guarantee to a good life. But Daniel and his brothers, they didn't care about a good life. They were prepared to die while obeying the will of God. While obeying Christ. And I need to challenge each one of us today. You know, look at Job. Unfortunately, when the reward of obedience is our motivation, you know what happens? We begin to search for the evidence that what we are asking God for is coming. If he doesn't come, what happens? 
thank you. When it doesn't come, maybe this thing is not really true, Jerry. Or you continue to pretend. It's true. Victor, you were there in Benin. How many people there were who had issues in their lives? Paralyzed children, sicknesses and so on, who were paying homage to Babalawos. And they were still inside church. Until the Holy Spirit fingered them out. On the basis of... Are you not there? Pastor Andrew. And I wonder how many of us are sitting here in the same situation. Where our obedience to God is based on our expectation of what he's going to give back to us. And when those things are not coming, we become exactly like the, like the, like the, like the, like the seed that is planted amongst the rocks. The roots can't go deep. Once trouble comes, oh, the child, I didn't get the right husband in time. I have not gotten the child. I have not gotten the job. First of all, it is a dual allegiance. Maybe this is not the church. Then you go and try, uh, I won't mention the name before they want to take me to court like they tried to do with Pastor Shokoya. You know the people I'm talking about. Then you go and do, you go and do some fire, fire prayer. Yeah, Sikira. She has to dry up. Are there people like that in this place? You know yourselves. If your motivation for obedience is an expectation that I will get this from God, something is wrong because when it doesn't come, you will stumble. You will stumble. You will lose that life. And it's a time for us to alert ourselves and to awaken ourselves to this. Now, give me 10 minutes. I'll be out of here. But what I'm saying now is really the heart of what God asked me to say to us. I had to sit down and I said, Sir, I think we have something to resolve. This man, Barack, not Obama, When you were speaking to him in judges, it looked like the thing was not really straight in the manner in which the man behaved. And then when you got to Hebrews 11, you said, you didn't even mention Deborah. Sir, I need an answer. And it was tied to this last bit that I was explaining to you. I wish I had time to break this down, but I'll just summarize it for you. When God said to him, this woman praised God for her, because my mind was, I said, sir, is it a case of this issue of a woman and man, that because the Bora is a woman, that's why you can't make, said, have you looked at Hebrews 11 well? There are women that I mentioned. I said, yes, sir. I stand, I, I stand corrected. So why? If it was Deborah that was the judge in that time, 
And this man went to war. You even said, well, the glory will not be yours. And the Lord said to me, the reasons that he reasons now, not one. The reasons why he was accounted for his faith was because he wasn't looking for glory. So he wasn't looking for glory. He never said, No, I am not going to fight. And if you went and said those scriptures further, the leaders of Israel they didn't have any arms in their hands. The enemies made sure they had neither spears nor axes or whatever. If you go study it well. So, this man's life was on the line. Hello? How can you go and fight Sisera? And you have no axe? You have no bow? You have no arrow? This man never said no. He said, I will go with you. I will go if you also do what? You come with me. There were different issues that were... Because Barak was a prince of his tribe. Amen? He wasn't the only one. There were several princes who were there that God could have called. There was a seed of faith in the life of this man. However, the years that have passed, 20 years of dilly-dallying before God, they were not very sure about their stand with God anymore. said, I'm going to go... You are the assurance that God is going to be with us. If you go with me, I know I will hear from God directly. And I mean, I'm simply saying, the weakest can also build for eternity. Hello? The weakest can do what? They can build for eternity when they align themselves with the faith of those that are appointed for the hour. And when it came to the time when God was recognizing them, this man made, it was categorically clear when God said to him, Lord, the glory will not be yours. It will be for a woman. Until recent times, I always thought that, well, the glory was meant for Deborah. It wasn't even meant for Deborah. It was meant for Jael. Hello? It was meant for Jael. I want to leave you with two key comments from this story. Many of you whose faith have wobbled and so on and so forth. Who are unsure. Who can't appear to understand the way you are living. And you can't connect with the things that God is speaking to us in terms of what? Living in the parallel dimensions. I'm saying to you, you can straighten your life by looking at the appointed men that God has set above you, ahead of you. Follow their faith. Follow their lives as they follow God. Let your faith be aligned with the principles by which they live as long as they are aligned to the word of God. Because go and read the commentaries concerning the life of Deborah. Either from Tyndale or Scofield, many of those ones. You will find that this was a woman in whom the spirit of God was abundantly present. So that notwithstanding whatever the vagaries that the princes of Israel had suffered, this one was saying... I will align with the fact that God speaks through you and whatever God says, I'm willing to do. And I'm willing to do it not because I'm looking for what? I'm not looking for reward. Who is here whose obedience to God will not be because of what he's looking for from God? There is only one reward that is worthy of expectation. 
who for the joy that was set before him, he endured what? The only sin that the obedience was going to give to Jesus was what? Suffering. Joy came after the suffering. Hello? How many of us here are not going to be blended with the sands of time? With the issues that we are faced with day and night? And we can break ourselves free and truly align ourselves with the Lord Jesus Christ. Truly align ourselves with the Lord Jesus Christ. Whatever it takes, whatever it costs, whatever I have to give up, to tie myself to him. We are in the conjunction of time, people. And my biggest fear for us in this place is that we miss what God is putting before us and we get swept away with cosmos and all that it offers. Jesus is standing again in the midst of his people. I am the tree of life. You can eat of me. You will never hunger. Thanks for listening. Join us again next time on another episode of Voice of Restoration. If you want further information on today's episode, please call 0803-3628-796 or visit us online at tcbc.org.ng.